Hello, and welcome again to Tide Talks, the Save the Bay podcast series where we're having conversations about environmental issues and discussing the work of Save the Bay with the Save the Bay staff members who are doing the work. I'm Chris. Those of you who have been listening so far will know that much, but who you won't know is my guest, Bridget Prescott, who is making her first appearance on the show. Bridget is Save the Bay's Director of Education, and Bridget, I just want to thank you, first of all, for coming down and spending some time with me today and recording our show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So it's uh, you're the perfect guest, and of course we've conceived that intentionally because today we're going to be talking about uh, the education program at Save the Bay. And uh, people familiar with the organization will know that Save the Bay has three areas of work, and they include advocacy, education, and habitat restoration. And education is something that unfortunately has gotten short shrift on the show so far. We've definitely talked about advocacy, and we've talked about habitat restoration with some of our water keepers, and now we're finally getting to the third branch that we hadn't seen yet, uh, which is education. Uh, But Bridget, just as a method of introduction uh, for yourself to everybody listening, I'm going to have to ask you uh, what work you do with Save the Bay and in the office. And I'll qualify the question by uh, admitting that it's a difficult question to answer because <laughs> the people who work here do so many different things. But if you were to summarize quickly what you do, uh, how would you explain it? Um, so as Save the Bay's education director, I oversee a staff of 12 educators, um, full-time educators. Uh, we have three education vessels and um, our exploration center and aquarium down in Newport. Mm-hmm. So my job is really to support our staff in developing curriculum Um, based off of Narragansett Bay and our mission here at Save the Bay to protect and improve our bay. Um, And also to um, help outreach to local schools in our watershed, so Rhode Island and into Massachusetts, to really um, work with teachers to develop programming that integrates into their curriculum. Right. So, uh, and already from, from the briefest explanation, you can tell that there's a lot going on with the education program. Uh, so to begin, I think one of the most interesting things is that we have dedicated vessels for education. And, and these are, um, these are you know, watercraft that are specially equipped for uh, their education purposes. And I've been lucky enough to be in a few of them. I believe I've been on the Alita Morris. Alita, yep. I she's, think I've been on Lizzie, too. Yeah, we have Alita um, Morris, Elizabeth Morris, and we have um, a Newport Launch Swift. Okay. And and these ships will be, uh, they're all over the bay. A lot of the times they're docked and departing from the Bay Center in Providence. Yep. What other locations do these ships uh, interact with? Well, we really try and um, make our programming accessible across the bay and in the watershed. So anywhere that there's a dock that we can have access to and there's a group of students or a teacher who wants to bring their students out with us, um, we definitely reach out to the community and see if we can use their dock to pick students up. So yeah. it could be Wickford, Newport, down in um, Bowen's Ferry Landing, or at Fort Adams. In Wickford, we usually use um, Wilson Park, the dock over there. Um, we've been down in Westerly often, down at Viking mm-hmm. Marina. Um, Bristol, we go over there. Um, and a lot of times we're bringing students out to Prudence Island, too. So we work with the staff out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and the value of these, these programs that run on the boats are they're especially valuable when they're made available to kids who might not be able to get on the water otherwise. Is that part of the goal of the education program? And how, where does that fit into the mission of educating 
kids who live in the watershed, but actually getting them on the water. Yeah, I mean, for us, um, getting students out onto Narragansett Bay and really experiencing um, the life that is both on top of, underneath, and within the bay is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Just exposing them to what um, that Narragansett Bay is alive, and it's just a, a beautiful treasure that we have here. So students, you know, from all over the state, no matter where they are a lot of times, um, don't have access to the bay, or they don't have the opportunity to get out onto the bay. So we work with a lot of students in the urban core, absolutely Providence, Central Falls, Pawtucket, Woonsocket, um, We go out into Cranston, Warwick, Newport, Westerly. I mean, we really try and get out in Fall River as well. We really try and provide opportunities for students in general where um, they might not even know that Narragansett Bay is something that is within their state, you know? So we're just really trying to give them an experience and um, an opportunity to engage with our bay Um, and you know our mission here is to protect and improve the bay and through the education program that's by by inspiring future stewards Mm -hmm. so the only way you can really inspire future stewards is by getting them outside and getting their hands wet and getting their feet dirty Mm -hmm. um, and really exploring so um, for us that's you know a really um, intentional aspect of our overall organizational mission yeah so um, just to wrap up the point of, of the boats as well, because I think that's one of the most standout features of your education programs. What sort of activities are the kids uh, doing when they're out there on the water with the education leaders? Our education um, vessels, they're, they're floating classrooms, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, the students are looking at water quality. So they're measuring temperature. They're measuring oxygen. They're looking for salinity levels. They're towing plankton nets to see the, you know, the basis of the food chain to really see why the water is the color that it is here in Rhode Island and mm-hmm. the Northeast in general. Um, we have a trawl net. It's you know, it, it's a smaller trawl net, but it moves along the bottom of the bay, and the back of the boat turns into an aquarium, basically. So when we pull that trawl net up, the students have the opportunity to see what lives in the bay. And based off of what we find and their water quality data, they're really looking at a glimpse of what's happening in that part of the bay. And how it looks, a lot of times the water quality will reflect what we're finding underneath. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. And the students, we, we tell them that they're, become, they're marine scientists. We're giving right. them real equipment that scientists use. They are collecting real world data that they're using both here, you know, for us, but also back in the classroom. A lot of times the teachers are looking for a way to connect these experiences back to what they're doing in the classroom. Most of the times that's very important for the teachers. They need... So we need to be relevant when it comes to connecting to standards and things along those lines, which we absolutely do, but also making it um, a way for students to, number one, have fun, but also really learn about what's going on in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And uh, to that point, your education programs aren't all on the water. There are classrooms as well. Mm -hmm. The base center, which we're recording in now, was built with this education purpose in mind. So we have two classrooms here. And those classrooms are also specially equipped in certain ways. Um, So one of them has a a touch tank. Yes. Yep. And um, even I'm not sure if there are 
sharks in it now, but there are like baby dogfish in yep. one of these classrooms Baby dogfish well. sharks. Yeah, we've got um, a lot. Both of our classrooms, one of them is our wet lab. So we yeah. have microscopes. Um, we have uh, different cameras on them for when the students are bringing in their plankton samples. They're looking to identify different types of plankton. And then they're able to um, come. We're able to shoot it up onto a TV. So they're yeah. able to kind of see the different types of plankton, phytoplankton, zooplankton in the, in the water. Um, and then we've got classrooms. Inside the classrooms are also um, tanks that we use with animals that we collect from the bay um, that we use in our programming here, but also bring out to schools. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, one of the barriers for schools is actually getting out of their classroom. It's either bus funding or some kind of policy within the school. So we want to be accessible to everyone. So mm -hmm. we bring animals into the schools, too, that are right from here in our bay. Yeah. And we house them here. Yeah, it's uh, it's so cool for these kids to be up close with uh, the living creatures that they're supposed to be learning about. Because there really there's a difference that you can feel between studying something on the page and you're reading about it, Absolutely. and then actually seeing it. What species do you bring in front of the students? I know that. Uh, horseshoe crabs are one that I've seen a lot yeah, yeah. around here. <laughs> we do horseshoe crabs. We have a lot of, um, you know, obviously animals that are touchable. So, right. you know, we'll bring fish in, but the students obviously aren't allowed to touch the fish. So mm -hmm. it's more the crabs, the sea stars, the lobsters. Um, uh, sea urchins, any kind of animal like hermit crabs, anything like that, that students are just so excited, number one, to see, but also <laughs> sometimes a little scared about it. Yeah. You know, they're a little tentative at first. You know, they're not used to seeing these animals on a, on a consistent basis. So being able to, number one, show them that they live here, mm -hmm. um, let, allowing them to pick them up and touch them and really look at them and observe them and yeah. see what they do mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, yeah. And it's very important because it's a, you know, observation and um, is a very important skill that students a lot of times, you know, they really need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to that point that sometimes the students are a little bit hesitant and obviously it's different for every kid how they'll interact, but oftentimes the best moment of the few classroom and boat experiences that I've seen is to see a kid who's hesitant at first and then gets really into it. Because a lot of these kids will be seeing like a horseshoe crab for the first time. Yeah. It's a strange creature, mm -hmm. especially if you turn it over, it looks really alien on the bottom yeah. and the mouth is in the middle of the legs mm -hmm. and like if you feed it, it can be a really weird thing to watch how the food <laughs> enters the mouth. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the horseshoe crabs are basically harmless. Um, they don't have really sharp claws. They're not aggressive. Uh, and once the kids realize that and they'll start like petting the bottom of the yeah. horseshoe crab and looking at all the weird eyeballs, it's mm -hmm. got like eight or nine eyes or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the biology too well. But those moments are really exciting. And you can see it clicking with these kids that totally. this is something they're now interested in. Yeah. Um, honestly, those those experiences are what keep our educators so engaged with what we do. Bringing students out who have never had the opportunity to explore mm -hmm. or going into a classroom or bring them along a shoreline. Those students are the ones, a lot of times they can be very tentative. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not putting those waders on. I'm not going on that <laughs> boat. Those are the kids that you can't pull off the boat at the end of the day or pull out of the marsh because yeah. they're so, they're putting salt marsh mud all over their face. They're eating pickleweed. Yeah. You know, they're like, you know, into the tanks on the boat, you know, they're looking at plankton. Those those experiences are very, um, are precious. They're treasures for a lot of students, you know, and what our goal here is, is to really create 
holistic experiences for the students along with their teachers. So having students come out with us on the boat, having them come mm-hmm. along the shoreline, meet us, meeting up us, meeting us up into the river, yeah. going into their classrooms, really developing a, a full experience around Narragansett Bay is something that we have been building over the past couple of years. And yeah. it's really important. And we're hearing that from our teachers, this kind of year-long programming that really can be measured, engaged, and um, built upon mm-hmm. based off of, and it connects to all their standards. It's just really developing the curriculum along with them. Yeah, exactly. And then in addition to developing the curriculum, it seems that the education program is always expanding the the methods of education and the experiences that you can have with the kids. So these the, the shipboard expeditions, they're well established. The things we do in the classroom, the microscopes, but you guys just keep going. And I've I unfortunately have not had a personal experience yet with the AR sandbox. Oh. And I don't know if you've worked with it much either because it's down in the classroom. It's what the, the educators themselves mm-hmm. are using. But it seems like a fascinating piece of equipment. I don't know if you have a handle on exactly how it works. Or... Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. We developed it last year. The staff worked on it. Um, they built it themselves. We found funding for it and then we built it. And right. then our IT person developed the software for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what it is, it's in um, an augmented reality sandbox that um, allows students to really explore the Um, the notion of the watershed, which is a really hard concept for a lot of kids to wrap their heads around. So being able to manipulate the sand and seeing the different um, elevations, which will it will be pointed out with um, the lateral lines on there. It'll show just the different elevations of diff- of water. If they dig enough, they'll come to water. They'll be able to allow it to rain, so they can actually explore where raindrops go. Yeah. Um, and for them, it's a really um, it's a visual way of um, of understanding what watersheds are yeah. um, because it is it's a it, even for adults it's it's not an easy topic to understand mm-hmm. all the land that surrounds the water drains somewhere yeah. you know um, and this is a really great way and we've had students super excited about using it I mean it's very hands-on it's very tactical yeah. they're they're in it you know and so it was mm-hmm. our staff so we had a lot of fun obviously building it but also developing the curriculum around it yeah. you know and a lot of times the students are our lead mm-hmm. they're the ones as we have them we introduce them to them and obviously we have a curriculum around it but when it comes down to it the students are the one who are are in it and they're the ones really exploring and understanding like wow they're manipulating they're seeing like how one action has a reaction yeah. it's very cool it's it's mm. definitely different for us and, yeah. but it's been very successful it seems like a fantastic uh, technique or a fantastic piece of equipment because i think that's something that separates environmental sciences from the other sciences whereas with physics, it's pretty easy to understand like how objects move. You can just read that in a textbook. Chemistry is just basically like the elements. You know, people. These are things that really work on the page. But when you get to these environmental sciences where everything is connected, things are very complex. You need full simulations to understand the interactions, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that your program can provide now. And uh, someday I've got to head down there and take a look at this thing because it it sounds so cool, and it, it <laughs> goes to show that you're always. Uh, thinking about and developing, evolving new ways uh, that you can uh, teach about the Bay with these kids. So uh, we've talked about um, basically uh, what goes on and and what these kids are doing, uh, but we can also talk about uh, where they come from uh, in terms of uh, what what schools are connected with, what camps are offered in the summer. So um, the education program does 
partner with certain schools and hosts field trips to the Bay Center and to other locations. Is that how the trips occur during the school year? We do over 900 school programs a year and partner with just over around 250, 300 schools throughout the year. Wow. So you've got those, you've got the school programs that are uh, mainly handled by uh, the teachers, the staff at these schools who coordinate with you to bring their students in. And then uh, when the summer comes around, you've mm-hmm. got your bay camps, yep. uh, which are similar in a lot of ways, but the difference being that parents will sign their own kids yes. up for these experiences. And uh, they're, they're also educational experiences for the kids. They're also a lot of fun. Yep. Um, so <laughs> I'd like I, to I'm just... I'm jealous a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, these kids, they have a lot of fun. I've seen a few bay camps uh, up up close, I've seen. I, I basically attended one at, at, in Newport that mm-hmm. took place at the aquarium, and uh, these kids. It was a young age group. It yes. may have been the youngest. At the that's aquarium, offered. we do um, K through uh, just completed grades, kindergarten and first grade. Okay, and I had a great time there. I was uh, um, sent basically as a photographer mm-hmm. and just kind of to observe what these kids are doing. And they're playing tag on the beach. They're walking <laughs> down to the rocky shore and they're looking at the the stuff down there and then they get to go in the aquarium like for free once every day yeah and so that was the youngest age group the k through first yep. grade k through for or yeah completed grades k through one okay yeah. and what other age groups are there for the bay camps who yeah, can go we, to bay camp anybody can go to bay camp for mm-hmm. the most part as long as you're not past high school yeah. uh, <laughs> right. although you can come back so and work t- for us the time's up for me i had to sneak in <laughs> as an intern to I go know. to bay camp honestly i'll tell you i started um uh, well, I'll, uh, I started working at Save the Bay as a volunteer, and then um, I was an intern and then back in 2000, and then um, I got a job as an educator, and it, Bay Camp was one of my most favorite things because I got to know Rhode Island so deeply through mm-hmm. that I'm not a Rhode Island native, so um, being really... Uh, being able to explore Rhode Island with students or campers at that point who were yeah. super excited to be here was awesome. Um, I mean, right now we have really grown our camp program. Um, we say Narragansett Bay is our campgrounds in yeah. the summertime. And we have camps for junior camps, which are K- completed grades K through one. And we offer half day ones at our aquarium. And then we offer full day ones up here at our base center. Yeah. And then we've got camps, a bay camp, um, which is for the most part based off of our our boats, um, shipboard camps, and those are for students who completed grades K um, two through four. And then we've got a um, older bay camp where they are obviously still exploring the bay on the boats and exploring islands and things like that, but they're also doing a little bit more service projects. Right. And that's five through eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have a high school camp. So yeah. we really. Um, you know, we really try, we, we have a lot of students who grow up with our camps, yeah. you know, and they're looking, number one, a lot, a lot of times the students or the campers who are coming with us, their families don't have boats. Mm-hmm. So we're giving them that boating experience throughout the summer. They're exploring the shorelines. They're getting to know Narragansett Bay, which is in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And they're they're electing to come here, you know, so it's, you know, our, our school programs are awesome. All of our programs are awesome. But one of the cool things about Bay Camps is that, um, you know, it, it's 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 an individual electing to come, not a teacher electing to bring their students. Right. So it, it, it offers variety, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that the students who come with their teachers don't want to be here, because <laughs> yeah. obviously they, they do. They do usually <laughs> have a very good time. I, I remember being uh, on board, I think we were on Alita with a school group, 
uh, from an elementary school. It was one of my first, maybe like my literally my second day being here in the summer. We went out and they were going to do a trawl. And um, I had never seen a trawl before and neither had these kids. So we were all literally in the same boat there. And um, eyes wide open. Yeah. (laughs) They get so into it there. What are we going to catch? And then uh, the captain was saying, oh, you know, one time I caught like a creepy doll. And these kids were like pulling my hair out. Like they can't wait to see it to the net. And he goes, when he ever said, um, and one time we caught a dogfish, which is like a tiny shark. It's really harmless. They don't Mm -hmm. have shark teeth. But, you know, you could catch a shark in this net. These kids were absolutely wired. And then they have this experience where when they're pulling up the net, the kids themselves line up and they're pulling the rope with the crew members. Make them work and, for it, uh, yeah. <laughs> hauling this stuff into the tanks. And then, like you said, the back of the boat basically becomes an aquarium. They have touch tanks on the vessel that they can fill. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so basically, anyone who, any kid who is involved in any of these programs, any of the bay camps, is going to be hard pressed to not be interested in something going on. In general, I think our programming offers the element, as do all environmental ed programs, but the value there is really. Um, allowing children to explore on their own, mm-hmm. you know, really, you know, it, 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 they're really opening up a natural curiosity mm-hmm. that really can't be replicated inside a classroom. Yeah. You know, if they're walking along the shoreline and they turn over a rock, well, something's going to scurry and that kid is going to be like, what was that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to want to find more and find, you know, oh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, whatever it is, an Asian shore crab, maybe a black fingered mud crab or yeah. maybe there's an oyster there, you know, so they're really, um, what it's doing is not only is it introducing students and giving them an appreciation for their own backyard, but it's really helping them um, explore and yeah. and understand um, that, you know, not, we don't know all the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to continue to look around and find different things and, you know, just... Um, discover and learn and and have that opportunity to uh, we provide that opportunity for them to really just experience yeah exactly and the bay camps are popular they're very popular so if anyone listening is interested in enrolling their children in bay camp uh, where can they go to take care of that? Yeah, um, our online registration um, is really how to go about registering your child for our individual bay camps. Um, that should be up by mid-January. Okay. Um, we also, um, so we run our camps out of our Providence Bay Center. We run them out of um, Wickford, uh, out of Wilson Park in Wickford. We offer a few out of um, Bristol. Um, a few out of our exploration center and aquarium in Newport, and then also out of Fort Adams in Newport. And we also run a week in uh, Westerly. So um, we're pretty busy. We try and really yeah. try and get all around the state or different areas to to give, especially working parents, the opportunity to drop their child off and then go to go to work in that community yeah. if that's where they're from. Um, and then we also do a lot of partnership camps. We work closely with Edgewood Yacht Club here in Cranston. We do like a half day sailing camp and a half day save the bay camp with them. We do a week with community boating up here in Providence. So we, we, we're, you know, we're pretty excited because we're developing the opportunities to, um, especially with partner groups who have, uh, you know, agendas just as ours is really to get kids outside and explore and experience and have fun, but mm-hmm. also to, um, uh, be good decision makers down the line. Yeah. So, um, those partnerships are, are, are really important, um, for both sides. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, and thank you for coming in today and, uh, having this discussion with us and 
plugging that opportunity for uh, Bay Camp registration coming up. I think yeah. it's a fantastic thing, especially like you said, uh, in the summer, the kids are around, you need something to do. Yep. This is a great opportunity. This so is, uh, This is like a vacation. Yeah, yep. it's very nice. They <laughs> nice have a lot of me. fun. So I'll, I'm going to wrap up here, just mention a couple things. Uh, you can check out savebay.org for more information about our organization, how you can become a member or volunteer if you'd like to. You can follow us on Twitter at SaveTheBayRI or visit Facebook.com slash SaveBayNarragansett. You can find me on Twitter if you search for Chris Joseph. That's my name. Let me know if you like the show. You can also always feel free to stop by the Bay Center at 100 Save the Bay Drive in Providence, Rhode Island. That is our office headquarters. Uh, the grounds here are open to the public. If you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic view of the Bay. If you're ever in Providence, you want something to do, come by and say hello. And uh, finally, Bridget, I'd just like to ask you if there's any other things you'd like to promote or plug here uh, before we sign off today. We're in our SEAL tour season right now, too. So we also provide opportunities for folks to get out on the water in the winter and Mm -hmm. check out some of our winter visitors. So it's always fun. It's always cool. A lot of people don't realize that we've got these marine mammals inside our bay and how special it is to see them in their natural surroundings. That's sort of the adult cheat code to get on those boats, too. (laughs) If you want to have a somewhat Bay Camp-ish experience. Experience, but you are not a camper and you want to be cold at the same time and you can get on a SEAL tour. And, Boats are uh, heated, partially yeah. enclosed. All right, Bridget. Uh, thanks again for coming down and uh, spending the time with me today. And uh, until next time, we're going to sign off. All right. Thank you. Thank you.